Hello and welcome to the Confidence Mastery Podcast. Today is a very, very, very special episode because we are being hijacked by Gerald Ratner, who's going to host today's episode with one of our Gerald Ratner and Friends um, mentees. His name is Gathan, and I'm really excited to speak with you and share his journey. And also, we are going to give you an insight into what we do with Gerald and Friends as well. So you're going to want to stay tuned. So on that note, Gerald, over to you. Hi, Gerald. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a real pleasure to have um, you interviewing, interviewing me. Um, it's a big fan of yours. So. Well, that, I very much appreciate that. And it is a bit of a first for me as well, because uh, although I've done about 50 podcasts, um, I haven't actually interviewed somebody else for a podcast. Uh, um, I hope that uh, I'll pass the test. So could we just start off by you giving a very brief, sort of story about how about your business and your plans and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. So we, we have a family business uh, providing authentic groceries from the Middle East, South Asia, and Mediterranean region. Um, we also have effectively a specialist supermarket. We have a casual dining restaurant um, doing um, Middle Eastern foods, so Iraqi and Lebanese. And we also do um, catering. So we have a catering operation bolted onto that where we can cater up to 250 people. Um, we've catered all around London, four or five star hotels and the surrounding areas where we're based here in, in New Malden and Surrey. Well, that's great. So, but it's all connected in a way, although you've got a lot of strings to your bow. It's all about food and it's all about your type of food. Yes. Yes. So obviously we started with the supermarket. My father set set that up in 1988, um, where I was about 10 years old, I think, at the time. Um, I've always been very interested in business and uh, um, didn't really have uh, an interest in doing working for somebody. It was always about sort of working in a business, doing business. Um, I remember when I was about six and one of my father's friends came over, he had a Mercedes and I first time I sort of noticed such a, a big and fancy car. And I said, what does this guy do? And he was like, well, he's, he does import and export. He brings in goods, sends goods out. Um, and after that, I was like, yeah, at school, when they ask you, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I want to do import and export business. Not that I really understood what, what it was at the time, but, um, was very very much in interested in in doing my own business and um, and uh, developing it. It wasn't really called entrepreneurship at the time. I think it's more just you know doing businesses. And uh, I remember also um, uh, sort of seeing you in the news and in the papers and and seeing how you've done uh, how you've grown your business over those um, key years in the eighties and nineties. Um, and it's it sort of inspiration, really, because it's. You, I think you also had a family business. Yeah, we did. And my father always used to say the trouble with the jewellery business is people don't eat the stuff. Um, but you haven't got that problem. They eat your products. And yeah. The trouble is with jewellery, they buy it often once in a engagement ring. It's once in a lifetime. Uh, it's, during the food business, it's once in the daytime. So I envy you from that point of view. But I mean, how are you going to uh, expand your business? Have you got any plans sort of 
because you know the world is changing so much particularly in your industry yeah you know, a lot of people now are getting stuff delivered and you, you can't stand still no i mean for us we moved into the restaurant side because we had the existing customer base so it was really about what can we provide them um that we can sort of increase our sales and um, give them some new products and services so we moved into the to the restaurant there's also sort of looking at vertical integration so we've got the raw ingredients from the shop we can then use them um, and have some savings there so we, we pushed on that and then with the catering again it's the same customers effectively uh, but the catering is, is opened us up to a much wider um, area uh, and people remember you they know you when you do weddings parties birthdays so this our little business now has become very integral parts of this local community and i want to take that concept now uh, and grow it further and actually look at um, replicating this into different areas so we do have quite an ambitious plan i would like to open more stores um, i look to acquire a few businesses on the way we're also looking into these dark kitchen formats um, which we've sort of recently signed up a deal to do um, uh, one of those dark kitchens where people don't come in, but we'll actually deliver the goods in a specific area. So that sounds great. But um, are you catering for people like myself that are not from your background? I mean, we, I'm Jewish and there's sort of Jewish restaurants that do salt beef sandwiches and stuff like that. And then people who are not Jewish suddenly discover how fabulous salt beef sandwiches with lakshan soup and um, latkes and everything that goes with it. They, you know, oh, and they've never had it because I'm Jewish. I've said, well, you must try this, come to this Jewish restaurant. And they love it and they're hooked for life. So, I mean, what's your approach in terms of your customer base? Are they just from your background or are you striving to sell your products to everybody? No, I, I think um, our, our food types, obviously, is, is Mediterranean, Middle Eastern. So it's very popular. It's um, the food's quite light. It's healthy um, and it's tasty. So a lot of people, uh, most of our customers aren't just Arabs. We have a lot of Asian customers. Traditionally, they'd normally get their Indian foods, but um, they like our food and they don't like they like their food being so oily. So they then end up um, having some of our food as well so all the grills all the sharmas uh, where we do all the live barbecues and stuff so the the type of food really opens up to to everybody effectively and once you've tasted it and you know the shop locally then it, it's easy it's an easy sell yeah absolutely i mean it must be difficult for you having this conversation today because i know you're fasting i wouldn't like to we only fast once a year on the yom kippur the last thing I'd want to be doing is having a discussion about food. <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've grown up in the food side, so it's it's um, you forget about it. You don't think about it, really. So because you're always in it. It's not like you work in an office or a desk and you, I'm hungry and you want to go and, and think about it. You're always in it. You're working in it. So you don't really look at it uh, no. as somebody else. will. So, yeah, so not a problem. And so, I need to lose a few few kilos as well. So I'm using it as an opportunity now to to get fit, which I think Natalie probably will have some advice for me on. So, yeah. Well, I, I don't, it's a bit like me being in the jewellery business. I never wear it. Everyone used to say to me, why don't you wear any jewellery? So I said, well, you know, because I see it all day and, uh, you know, yeah. not interested in it. But obviously you I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
In terms of, would you say the most lucrative part of your business is your catering side or your retail side? Yeah, I think generally catering is is a more profitable business, um, especially when you know the numbers and you know you may have a two hundred or three hundred uh, per you know event, two hundred people event. Um, so, so definitely the catering side, the restaurant side is pretty good. Um, the supermarket is the bread and butter. It's you know you've got regular business from that. I mean, we were very lucky over COVID to have um, the supermarket business as was one of the few businesses that was allowed to trade and work. Um, where the restaurant, that all our catering orders were cancelled. The restaurant was was closed three days a week. Um, we kept a very sort of small crew there, and um, but the supermarket. It was it was crazy to be out there. Um, I was out every single day going to to wholesalers and suppliers and trying to secure the stock to get it back in. Um, so for about three and a half, four months, it was seven days a week, uh, probably from six a.m. till midnight, uh, nonstop. So uh, yeah, the business well, shifted out of hospitality into uh, retail. Yeah, uh, and now to a certain degree, has it come back? Is how's the, the restaurant doing? Yeah, I think I think a lot of things have settled back down. People are back into restaurants. There's certainly the first once with the lockdowns opened up, there was a, a huge surge in demand for catering because a lot of people had functions, they'd postponed engagements and whatnot. So um, there was a big demand for that. Um, supermarket has been steady for me at the time. Once sort of everything settled down, um, I had to sort of sit down and think, what do I want to do with the business now? Because We've had this boost in the business where on some days you'd end up doing five, five, um, uh, five days worth of sales in one day um, that we'd, you'd normally have. And this was consistent over a period of several months. So it was either decide to say, look, we've made some money from the business. Should we look at even exiting? Um, because you can get a premium right now because a lot of people... I've just been sitting on the sidelines looking at these businesses thinking, wow, um, they, they make a lot of money um, and they'd be willing to pay a high premium. Or do we look at reinvesting back into the business? Um, and for me, because I think similar to yourself, I've grown up in this sector uh, with you and in, in the jewelry side. Um, it wasn't much of a, uh, I didn't have to think about it too much. So we, we reinvested back into the supermarket. We built out um, two sets of extensions at the back of the store and uh, we, we we grew the store, made it even bigger. We built a, a purpose-built stockroom, um, small warehouse unit for it as well. And uh, we've geared the business up. So we've we've put it up to another level uh, and, it's, and it's worked. We've got good sales, better sales than what we had pre-COVID. And we're not that far off from the COVID sales even. So, and now we have a concept that we can actually replicate and move out. Um, uh, what we're doing now uh, with the technology side really is where we're focusing because we need to get the technology side on the retail as well. Um, and that's what's going to make the difference really compared to, to other stores. I agree. I mean, the technology, the people that are falling behind the technology are the ones that are suffering. But um, my wife bought a chicken yesterday. From, not that I like chicken particularly, but she, it's irrelevant. But um, she, I could not believe the price of a small chicken from Waitrose, which is £21. I mean, how, organic? It was organic. She insists yeah. on organic. I said, well, why don't yeah. you get it from Aldi? And, just because they don't do organic or very little yeah. of 
Um, yeah, she insists on organic. I don't know. To me, it's of no importance whatsoever. But nevertheless, um, prices like that, they're talking about food prices going up as much as 25%. I mean, is that how are your customers going to afford it? Um, prices have gone up more than 25% over the last couple of years anyhow. Um, prices have, yeah, I mean, you're probably talking about averages, but here on the ground where you're actually looking at goods coming in, some stuff have doubled. Uh, and uh, over Christmas and before Christmas with all the energy issues going on, you know, and all that scare that has been in the in the media, I mean, you are, you'd get a product that you'd normally sell it for a pound. Um, two weeks later, when the new stock come in, it had gone up to 120. Two weeks later, when, when, when it gets replenished again, you're looking at 149. Um, so you look 50, 60% increases. Uh, I think people have probably slightly changed what they're buying. So they're probably thinking about what they want to buy um, and maybe reduce the, the, the variety. I think what we've done as a shop is reduce the variety, the range that we're offering. So provide the good quality stuff um, and have a, a reasonably priced range as well. Um, so for offers and promotions and stuff. Um, and, and that's it. So it was mainly those three lines now we have a, a high-end quality item, a medium price item that's sort of popular brand uh, and a lower price item. Um, and then you're sort of covering the whole spectrum of, of yeah. customer bases, really. Uh, what we're doing now also is we're actually starting to source our own suppliers. So we're, we're, we're repackaging some items. So we're buying larger bulks, repackaging with walnuts, uh, cashews and stuff like that. That we found we're getting a better price. So we're able to, to do the, the, the offer, um, provide the offer to the customer uh, and make a slight margin for, uh, well, for ourselves as well. You mentioned nuts. That's my uh, weak thing. I, I um, don't have a sweet tooth, but I love nuts. I, I wish I knew that. I, I've sent you a little parcel, actually, you and uh, Natalie. Um, oh, I've got I've got some nuts in there for you, but if I'd known, I'd have put a nice little range. Uh, well, I absolutely adore nuts, and um, I ordered some um, from Costco online, and a jar of cashew nuts. It was quite a decent that. A sweet type of jar. Yeah, was um, thirteen ninety nine, um, and I get through them quite quickly. So I ordered three things and paid fifty quid. And my wife said, "Why are you spending fifty quid on nuts? You know, you are nuts. We know that. <laughs> uh, but nuts are, you know, really. I mean, I know that some. My mother actually comes from the Middle East." Um, she was born in uh, Baghdad, maybe, and she's always oh, wow. eaten. Always eaten. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was born in Baghdad as well, actually. So it's um, right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, she, they, um, she was thrown out. Not that this is about me, but they threw her out for being Jewish. So you're lucky. <laughs> um, but yeah, and they should. But they took her in in India, um, which, which I'm always grateful to. Um, that country um but she was uh, always um a great cook and um so i was brought up on a lot of the sort of probably the, the products that you're selling i mean i don't know what your best what are your best sellers in uh, food our best sellers um i think what what sells well in the shop you've got obviously the fresh bread so we have an in-house bakery we do all the tendor bread 
We do the Samoan bread, the diamond-shaped breads. Um, and then you've got things like this, I think, the, the nuts as well. And you've got the staple products. Obviously, you know, with, with our customer base being sort of Middle Eastern and South Asian, it's a lot of rice as well. So a lot of rice, a lot of spices. We, we have hundreds of spices, so um, a big range. Um, so it's more the staple stuff that they would cook in day to day, really. We're just off the... Um... So we're just off the um, Edgware Road where we are at the moment, uh, and you've got shops all the way along there selling this, that, that sort of product. Um, yes, yeah. sort of Middle East centre there, um, and it does extremely well. It's very very busy, especially in the evening. People seem to come out in the evening and buy it, so you have mm. to stay open late. Um, yeah. But um, I, I, mean, I love that sort of food. I, I love all sorts of food. But, yeah. um, but so I mean, with, yeah. I mean, with, with our store, and, and like I mentioned earlier about the technology side, um, I think moving forward with, with most retail, it, it's, if you just open a store and open the doors and expect people to come in, um, you're going to have a problem. Um, now your, your, your physical and your digital offering have to be together effectively so for us now um, and because we're sort of based in a um, a sort of more of a residential area so it's just maybe a tertiary area as opposed to a busy high street um, there's lots of uh, chimney pots uh, around us yes and um, so it's really understanding how we can communicate with these customers of ours and how can we communicate with the local community and how we can provide um, some support and, and some return to the community as well. So then you really become an integral part um, of, 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 where, of where you are. So for us, we, um, we, we sponsor the local schools. We work with the local schools. Um, we do some of the food, some of the catering side to raise money for the schools. And then that goes back uh, for them to uh, buy books and other, other materials. We work with the local sort of uh, any sort of local group um, locally here, like a church. And if, if they have any, um, uh, we, we also do food surpluses where we give out the, some of the extra foods that's left over um, to them. Um, we've done some of the charity work with uh, homeless, um, the homeless side of things as well. So YMCA previously, we've done quite a bit with that. Um, and, and I think that's really important as a small business and, and as a business that is working and, and you want to, you know, not only give back, but it also helps to differentiate yourself compared to, to others who are just focused on profitability and just their profits. Um, and, and I think with the with the web now, we're, we're rebuilding our platform effectively from the ground up um, so that we can then uh, send the uh, promotions and offers uh, via um, the social media platforms where we can communicate with our with our customers. Uh, we've recently taken a unit next door to the restaurant where we're going to sort of open it up and have it more of a, a, a space where you can sit maybe 30 or 40 people. So you can hire it out for private a, a function if you want. But we also want to be able to do sort of maybe cookery classes. So we would promote cookery classes and let our local customers know they can come and join in. Uh, they can learn about certain foods, um, you know, things like that, where you're really sort of not just focused on the selling of goods, but their interaction of the local community. 
Um, and I think that's really going to be a, a key um, in, in moving the business forward. I mean, there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of, a lot of things have been done on omni-channel with the big supermarkets, with the retailers and stuff like that. Um, but I, I just don't see the personal side of, of those things um, where we really want to look at the personal side um, and have a two-way relationship with the customers. So with the work we've done on the tech side of things as well, uh, we're moving forward with that, and we've been, I've actually been fortunate enough to be um, um, nominated for Retail Week Awards uh, for Future Leader. So that's that's taking place tomorrow. So we'll find out the results. But um, we're we're up against um, eBay, Tesco, Hugo Boss, Harvey Nicks, Netta Porter. So some big names, and um, we're probably easily easily one of the smallest. Uh, nominee is there. Um, well, I, really... I used to be on the board of Retail Weeks, but unfortunately, I'm not anymore. If I was, I would have voted for you. So. <laughs> Thank you. Something that some of my clients talk about as well, you, you do things differently when you break bread, don't you? Um, so on that note, thinking about community and how you're a part of the Gerald Ratner and Friends community, um, we'd like to Give an insight into what it's like to be there. So could you share a bit about why you joined and what you're getting out of it for us? Yeah, sure. So, um, look, for me, I think one of the most important things I've had and, and what where I've grown my business is through mentoring, coaching, um, sort of uh, advice, really, from, from people that have been there and done it. Um, I've had my best success from when I've sort of teamed up with individuals like uh, yourselves, Natalie and, and Gerard, uh, where you've been there, you've done that, you've gone through hard times, you've experienced it. Um, and then you can say, look, you know, I've got this problem. What do you think? Uh, and then you say, look, you know, yeah, we did it this way, or I, I would suggest do it that way, or don't do it at all, or look, you know, take this deal and don't think about it because you're on a good, uh, you've got a good opportunity there. Mm. Uh, on your own, you just don't have that. You know, you're thinking on your own. You might be a bit selfish in, in the way you're thinking. You might be, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, not really knowing you know, where to go. And it's more of a gut uh, feeling instead of sort of getting some people to help. So, I mean, I've, I've had, uh, I think you also know, uh, I think both of you know, um, Neville Wright. Yes. So I've I've known Neville for probably three or four years. He's fantastic, and he's really helped me um, develop my business. And um, so this year, when when you introduced your program, uh, sort of uh, Gerard and friends, um, it was for me it was a no brainer. Uh, I mean, an opportunity to 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 get two successful people, one in the property side, uh, and one in retail. Um, and the format was important for me as well because it wasn't the one-to-one. -one. I didn't want the one-to-one. -one. I actually wanted a group setting. Yes. And the reason I wanted a group setting is because you've got several people there and they're all coming from different angles. They're all coming from different experiences. Uh, they may ask a question that you wouldn't be comfortable to ask, uh, but they've answered it, you know, and then you've taken notes from that. Um, you, they'll ask questions that you've not thought of, you mm -hmm. know, or they'll talk about situations that you've not thought of. And later on, it's actually very, uh, you know, you, you recall it and, and you can go back to it. Um, so if anybody's really serious about doing business, I mean, it's, it's like being a, a, an athlete. 
an athlete you can if you can be the most motivated athlete in the world but if you didn't get a coach you didn't get the right uh clubs who supported you and 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 helped you you're not going to be you're going to be you know i could have done this and i could have done that and if i had the right opportunity and and that's all you'd never make it but you get the right coaches you get the right advisors um, and you still have to work hard you still have to have the motivation you still have to have the vision um, and then but you're much much closer and the process is a lot more easier they'll help you they'll guide you through the um the hurdles and the obstacles um that that will uh, that will be there you know you there's no business that's uh, plain sailing so yeah, yeah. I think that's a really great analogy of it, don't you? Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And Neville Wright is a great guy. Who, Lovely guy. Yeah. 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 Okay. He, he, he says what he feels. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't mix his words at all. So no, he beat me actually to a speech which I was offered it, uh, at Christmas, and then they sent me an email saying they were going to go ahead with Neville Wright instead, and uh, which annoyed me because he is a friend of mine. Um, and then they, they, for some reason, they copied the email that he'd sent to them when they asked him to do the speech. And it was so much better than mine. It was the most brilliant email you could ever imagine. And of course, the final punchline to the email was that he's doing it all for charity as well. So <laughs> how can you compete with that? So yeah. He's, he's a real mensch, as we call them. Um, yeah, no, I mean, he's, 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 he's done amazing things in, in his sector. He's grown his business from zero to, I think, when he exited was, you know, I think he exited for about 80 million. So, um, and we've had several conversations over time on key areas, really, where it's like, well, you know, I need to do one, two or three. Which one do you think, you know, uh, we should go for? And, you know, the first option I, I would like to do, but he might say, no, actually, I think the third option is better because of one, two and, and three of these issues. Um, and then you talk and you assess and then you make the decision. It doesn't have to be up to, uh, to you at the end. I mean, you can't just follow uh, what people say. You take it on as, as, uh, as um, you know, advice effectively, but the final decision has to be up to you of how you push. Um, and business is pushing this. So you keep coming back every week. Um, so what would you say is the biggest takeaway that you've had so far with Jared Ratner and Friends? Um, I think it's it's that group. Um, it's, it's the community there. Um, everybody's really friendly, um, very supportive of each other. Um, even when we're not doing the, I mean, obviously it's once a week that we have our, our conference calls. So I, I think it's the group um, setting where we where we effectively we're all together um, and we uh, and we discuss um gerard gives lots of um uh, in, gerard gives lots of information um and support and advice and natalie you yourself as well i mean you really take um you guide everybody in the right way you make sure everybody interacts and everybody says their piece as well so you may have some shy people that may not want to uh, talk but you make sure that everybody uh, has had their say and that we've looked into each person's um, um uh, business requirements and challenges and, and stuff like that so yeah. 
Brilliant. Thank you very much for being a part of the team. We very much appreciate you. Thank you. We really do. So if you could leave people with one tip on how... I'm really pushing him now. Yeah. How many, how many uh, testimonials do you want? No, this podcast. Okay. Um, if you could leave people with one tip to increase their confidence, what would it be? Want it to increase uh, your confidence. I think, I mean, look, for, for me, it's, it's to do the things that you're not comfortable with, really. Um, so last year, um, I decided to do K2 Base Camp Trek. Uh, this is the second tallest mountain in the world. Obviously, it's the base, not the top. Mm-hmm. And I've never camped in my life. I've never hiked in my life. Um, I was quite overweight as well. Um, and, you know, I, I thought, just go ahead and do it, you know. Um, and I had one of the best times of my life there, you know. I, I did start training. I did start focusing. Um, you know, you start learning what you need to do. But really, it, it's about just jumping in and doing it and not thinking too much about it. I think when you're scared about something or, you know, you don't have confidence about something, you, you give yourself a thousand and one excuses not to do it or why you shouldn't do it or why you should delay it. Uh, and sometimes you just say, yep, you know, and, and like I said, I mean, for that trip, I had never camped. I had never even had any interest in camping all my life. Um, but I, I'd done a charity cycle before uh, from Vietnam to Cambodia more than 10 years or 15 years ago. And, and I loved it. And I just recalled that. And I thought, to hell with it. I'm going to I'm going to just say yes and worry about the problem later. And Brilliant. like I said, we had so many um, experiences, new experiences, seeing shooting stars and being 15,000 feet above sea level and the mountains. And it was uh, you met some really nice people. Yeah. So it's just to do the things that you, you're not comfortable with. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You know, exactly. Fantastic piece of advice. Yeah. and one more thing before we go i just i forgot to mention what ecli means so because obviously you're looking at a local community and everybody comes from different backgrounds and different needs and requirements and stuff so ecli in in arabic means my food or my favorite food effectively so the idea is that we we're able to cater for most people's uh, interests so you might like, you know, a nice uh, vegan salad, Natalie, or, or, or Gerard, you might like some beef or, you know, um, kosher beef, obviously. But it's... Uh, I'm all about the meat. <laughs> you know, whatever you want to cook. So I we like spices. kosher pork sausages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of halal pork sausages. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, so that, that's that's the story behind it. Where can people follow you and find you? I'm a fan of online stalking, just not in-person stalking. Yeah, I mean, I've got uh, LinkedIn. So Gassan Hashim, uh, you'll find me on LinkedIn. I've got a good good following there. I post quite regularly on on, on sort of business activities um, and sort of regarding retail, sort of marketing and stuff like that as well. Um, so that's the best place. Otherwise, you can catch us for um, Eckley Supermarket on, on Instagram as well. So. Awesome. Thank you very much for being a guest. Um, we've, we both very much enjoyed this. Really have. So thank Me you very too. much. We hope you've enjoyed it. It's a real pleasure. Uh, and it was nice to, to have um, the two of you together, uh, sort of just the three of us, to, yeah. to have a chat as well. So it was really, really, really enjoyable. Cool. And um, uh, Gerard, with your, I mean, I've, I've read your book. Um, yes. It was a fantastic book. So really, really um, 
uh, found some interesting insights and in, in how you've grown your business. Um, phenomenal growth. I mean, from yeah. sort of mid eighties to the to the early nineties, where you become the uh, I think was it the largest jewelry retailer in the world over two thousand stores for a short time. For a short time, <laughs> amazing, incredible, yeah. incredible stories all round. And so, uh, to everybody listening, thank you very much for listening. Make sure you download, listen, subscribe, share it with your friends, family, loved ones, colleagues, and even people that you don't like because everybody needs a little bit of help. So thank you.